0: Christy enters the chat. What's good, everybody? I'm your host, Kiki Fulton, and this is What's Good, Polly? Let's get into it. The presidential primary is in full gear on the political right. Many Republicans are hopeful that they can become the eventual winner. So far, the options are former President Donald Trump, former South Carolina governor and U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Senator Tim Scott, former Arkansas Governor Aisha Hutchinson, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and others. Insiders are also hearing that New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former Vice President Mike Pence, And Virginia Governor Glenn Yurkin is also considering entering. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu also is making the political rounds, suggesting he's ready to announce his intentions to run for president on the GOP ticket. With these names being floated, the competition for the Republican nomination is heating up. Despite all the possible contenders for the Republican base to consider as potential options to defeat President Joe Biden's re-election chances, the base believes Donald Trump is their best bet, with 43% supporting Trump, according to the latest Mama Mama-less poll. Ron DeSantis comes in second with a 19% favorable rating. The others are in the single digits. If the Republican presidential primary held today, Donald Trump would easily win the nomination. But the primary isn't today. Republicans in the field like DeSantis, Lucas, Scott, Haley, and yes, even Trump's friend-slag foe, Chris Christie, can potentially beat Trump in the primary. However, they must be willing to be anti-Trump. And neither Haley, Scott, nor DeSantis seem capable of the task. Instead, they've taken up the mantle of, I'm not Trump, I'm me. Which is weak sauce if you ask me. This is a competition, not a little house in the prairie. So, to stand a chance against Trump in the primary, these Republicans must take a strong stance against him. And show voters that they're not afraid to oppose him. Demonstrating that they are a true alternative, not just a watered-down version of the same thing. But as of now, the most vocal critic is Chris Christie, um, who recently stated he would not support Trump again in a presidential election. Alex Shepard of the New Republic writes, Christie is sort of like Donald Trump, a brash, loud jerk who says what he thinks and brings a certain WFAN regular caller vibe to politics. But crucially, he is not Donald Trump. Shepard doesn't think this is a winning strategy for Christie, but I do. I think Christie's anti-Trump stance will differentiate him from the other candidates and appeal to the handful of Republican voters who are also anti-Trump. Or excuse me, the handful of Republicans that are anti-Trump. Christie's outspokenness and willingness to go against the grain could be the key to his success in the upcoming primaries. Christie is one of the few Republicans who voiced that the election wasn't rigged and Joe Biden was duly elected president in 2020. Christie advised Trump to drop drop the lawsuits looking into fraud accusations because the evidence simply wasn't there. Listen, I've been a supporter of the president. I voted for him twice, but elections have consequences and we cannot continue to act as if something happened here that didn't happen, said Christie in 2020 on This Week with George Stephanopoulos. Christy criticized Trump for the January 6th insurrection. I think everything he said from election night forward incited people to that level of anger. I think pen- people minimized what happened on the 6th by pointing to the speech he gave on the ellipse of the 6th. Christie said, um, per reporting by CNN reporter Rachel Gianfanza. Uh, let's see. A Republican criticized Trump, especially one who was a part of the inner circle, serving as the leader of then-president-elect Donald Trump's presidential committee is refreshing. Christie is not perfect, but he has his own controversies to contend with. Among the biggest issues is Bridgegate. Voters should absolutely hold Christie accountable for that. But on the other side, he's not a book banner like Ron DeSantis and he doesn't want to eliminate rights in the Constitution as Trump recently announced by saying he doesn't want to give automatic citizenship to children born in the United States if their parents came over here illegally. Mm. But that's a bit of a violation of the 14th Amendment, which grants automatic citizenship if you are born on American soil. As a Republican, Christie is also a traditional conservative, which attracts never-Trump voters and exhausted Trump voters. And he is a true leader with a realistic plan to bring conservatism back to its roots of limited government, balancing the budget, strong national defense, and traditional values. And he can bridge moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans together. Let's not forget that Chris Christie won the deep blue state of New Jersey, not once, but twice. Christie also believes in compromise and upholding constitutional rights. He doesn't think those things are controversies. Remember when he hugged Barack Obama, who helped him and brought FEMA in after Sandy Hook? A lot of Republicans were mad at him, but Chris Christie didn't care because he appreciated the help that was necessary for his state that the president, then-president Obama, was handing to him, helping him with the utilization of FEMA. He didn't think that was a bad thing and he never cowered from it despite his side being upset with him. Because why? His constituents mattered more than political partisanship. Christie remains the telling-it-like-it-is candidate which happened to have been his 2016- presidential campaign slogan I mean he didn't win the nomination but it was a good slogan and I think he should revive it and for those never Trumpers and disaffected Democratic voters and just conservatives in general ready to move on from Trump and the obsessive political culture wars that have just been stewing and brewing on the political right Christie's not really interested in those political culture wars um so, in my opinion, I think Christie might strike some fear in the Trump campaign and surprise many during the primary season. Now, Chris Christie is not my cup of tea because I'm a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. And it's not to say I'm not open to giving Republicans a chance. I don't necessarily see myself voting for a Chris Christie, at least not in this election cycle, but you never know. But I do see others, and I do see enough to maybe, like I said, put some fear in Trump and maybe he could beat off Trump, I don't know. Um, His moderate inclusive policies have the potential to draw in a wider range of voters than Trump's. Hardline stances have been able to. Like once Ron DeSantis gets into the national platform it has to expand, explain the book bans, the banning of trans kids, uh, the banning of diversity and inclusion. That's not gonna go over well on a national scale, and when you have to look at purple states like Virginia, like Georgia, mmm, it's a little dicey for you, it's a little dicey. And even there's some red states that are not on board with these book bans and saying we shouldn't talk about diversity or we should try to rewrite slavery and make it seem like it wasn't that bad and these were indigenous servants, no, that, that wasn't the case. Um, and she's banning discussions about the Holocaust, both left and right people. It doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Um, so I think Chris Christie is is attractive because he he doesn't really play those games. Um, in my opinion, Christie might be the only candidate that can actually put a dent in Trump's base of support. And he could be the ones who finally challenge Trump in his grip on the Republican Party. We shall see. Oh, sorry, we shall see. We shall see. For some reason, Mike Pence has decided to enter the chat too. know what reality Mike Pence is living on, but it's not this one. So according to the reports, he plans on running for president, and I'm trying to figure out why. Former President Mike Pence has, and and he was also the former governor of Indiana, has no path whatsoever. He doesn't have a base. The most he has, is. Donors? Super PAC? I don't know. Evangelicals slash MAGAs do not like him because he refused to overthrow a duly elected then Joe Biden presidency. Then the Democrats have never liked Mike Pence because he's a Christian right politician. He's radically pro-life in their eyes He doesn't see any type of exceptions for abortion, not even cases of rape and incest and the life and death of a mother. He passed the, um, what was it called? The Parenthood, is it called the Parenthood Bill? It's something like the Parenthood Bill or something along those lines, where basically the fetus, the unborn child had more rights than the actual woman, human being having to carry the fetus to full term uh also sorry it's called the personhood bill so he supported the personhood bill it's granted more rights to the unborn than to the actual born living breathing wanting to make whatever decision they want to make for themselves so the democrats the people on the left don't like that uh he refuses to ever really criticize Donald Trump, he criticized the January 6th event, but nowhere in there said Donald Trump paused those events with his rhetoric. When the House investigated the January 6th insurrection, and then they asked Mike Pence to testify, he said he shouldn't have to testify. And then former Senator of Wyoming, Les Cheney, criticized him. As Mike Pence had said that the the committee was the hearing was partisan and to quote according to CBS, Congress has no right to to my testimony on separations of powers under the Constitution of the United States. Actually they knew Congress as well as the Senate has the right to investigate people if they feel like laws have been broken you were either involved or have some critical information about the case, they do have a right to ask you. First they ask nicely, you still don't appear, then you get subpoena. That's how this works. Separation of powers means like, oh, because I work in the executive branch, I don't have to answer to the that house. That's not how that works. Um I just I don't where where's your base, Mike? The right doesn't like you. The left doesn't like you. Your wife likes you. I'm sure your family liked you. You don't ha- your time was like 2018. Or t- not 2018, 2008. That was your moment when he was like the governor of Indiana. He was actually popular amongst conservatives. Even we were popular among the Democrats because they've always seen him as pop- politically too, too far to the right. But he had had a base, he could have won some independence, and that may have brought him to victory. Who knows, we'll never know, 2018 is long and gone. But that, era was his moment. The time today, not his moment at all. But Pence lives in a bubble. And I don't know who else is in this bubble with him, telling him, yes, he should do it. Besides political operatives that just wanna make some money this is this is a lose like this is embarrassing i feel embarrassed for him but if he wants to embarrass himself so be it and maybe i'll be proven wrong i don't think i will i don't think he's going anywhere because he's not going to want to criticize donald trump ever and donald trump is going to eat him alive donald trump already criticizes this tense left and right for not having his back on january sixth for not overturning the election I mean, I'm alive during this primary season, dude. It's not too late to back out. It is not too late, but something tells me you're evil. It's a bit too on the big side, and you're just going to do this anyways. Okay. Well, that is all for this episode of What's Good, Polly. I will catch you guys. Next week, be sure to like the podcast, leave comments, and just know that I appreciate and love you. Bye-bye.